Hello and welcome to another episode of the Called Bank Podcast. We have been asking you to go and check out our YouTube channel and this week you guys have. It's been great. We've seen some great comments and engagement over there. And because of that, we're going to start focusing a little more on YouTube starting in the coming weeks. So for those of you out on YouTube uh, or listen to our podcast, check out our YouTube channel and don't forget to uh, like this video and subscribe to our channel as we have some exciting content coming up. But in jazz news, great news for jazz fans because Donovan Mitchell has signed an extension, which is probably the best move the jazz front office could have done right now to get him locked in for the next five years and really focus on building the team around him to really make the championship. So uh, maybe not as many moving pieces as last episode, but I really think that this move is the best move the Jazz could have made for their long-term future. And with the other moves that they made that we talked about last week, I think the Jazz have the best chance to make the Western Conference Finals this year than they have in any year since they actually made the Western Conference Finals back with Darren Williams. I definitely agree with that statement when you look at it, just the pieces that they're able to bring in this year in favors and in... um. The backup center from the draft, forgive me, I can't remember his name right now, but is just really setting them up for success down the line and in the future. I mean, being honest here, like Clay Thompson being injured in Golden State definitely is probably going to help the Jazz have a higher chance of making it there along with the dysfunction of the Rockets organization where it looks like they're leaning towards a rebuild. You do have some other teams that could be really exciting. I mean, Minnesota while I do think they're going to have another miserable year is scary enough that like if they came out and were a top four team talent wise, I would not be surprised organization wise. I would be surprised. So like you said, locking up Donovan for guaranteed the next, I believe five seasons um, plus a player option just really sets the jazz up to have like a stable core to build around. Yeah. And Maybe you know about this. I Is Bogdanovich, is he going to be ready to start the season or is there going to be a little bit of a delay there? I believe he'll be ready to start the season. Um, From my understanding, that was the plan. That in order to have him be recovered to start up the season, they had to bench him then. So he should be ready to start and ready to come back and help the Jazz's offense reach some heights that I feel like, even though they had a great first round series in many aspects, um, he definitely would have tipped that series in the Jazz's favor. I, I totally get the Nuggets had injuries as well, but he'll really be like, I think, clutch to the Jazz starting off well, especially now that there's more ke- more chemistry there. Yeah, I'm really excited about now that everyone's healthy and they brought back Jordan Clarkson and they got, got Derek Favors back. I think this team is a lot more, uh, like they, there's a, several different ways that they can go lineup-wise. Because last year, they had their starting lineup and they were locked in. You knew who their starting lineup was. And they had Jordan Clarkson and then a couple of uh, kind of 3 and D guys coming off the bench. But other than that, like you, you had your best five guys and when they weren't in there, uh, the offense and defense suffered a lot. But now I feel like they, they have more directions that they can go because and they can put out different starting lineups even when everyone's healthy. Because you could see Joe Engel start sometimes. Um, if they really want to mix it up, the, you could see Derek Favors or Jordan Clarkson sneak into the starting lineup here and there. 
And they have a few different directions and a lot of different pieces that they can use to really uh, like mix it up. Because I felt like sometimes there are some teams that just had their number and the Jazz couldn't do anything about it. Like when they played the Spurs, there's just nothing they could do. But now they have more pieces to mix it up, uh, to try different strategies out against these teams that have figured out the one system that they were running last year. One thing that I heard this week that I think will be super interesting is to see how the Jazz face up against the Lakers now. Obviously, the Lakers have made a bunch of big name moves to set them up for a lot of success this upcoming season. I mean, Dennis Schroeder is a scary player. And so to be able to replace him, um, replace Rajon Rondo with... Schroeder, I think, is going to add just a lot more depth to the Lakers as a whole. And I think we're going to see a, I think they're going to be even an even scarier team. But when you have LeBron James and um, Anthony Davis on the court, that makes it really hard to play small ball just with the size that they bring. So being able to now have Gobert in favors starting off to face that, I think, can definitely lock down the Jazz will be able to lock down the Lakers a lot more. And while that never really worked out too well, in my opinion, a season a season ago, what we going to change is now instead of having Crowder, Mitchell, and Rubio as the starting three, you're pairing with them. You're now going to be able to pair Mitchell, Conley, Bogdanovich. So you went from having Mitchell, who was amazing offensively, and Crowder, who didn't always get the start, but I do think he got a decent amount of starts. Um, And Rubio, great on the defensive side of the ball, but really lacking or really spotty on the offensive side to having Bojan Conley and Mitchell, who can both, who can all three shoot the three, who can all three get into the lane as long as Favors and Gobert are able to keep that clear for them. Like, it'll be really exciting to see what they can do offensively now, even with Favors on the court. Well, he definitely hurts them on that side of the ball. He, As long as you have that offensive production from the other three players, having him on the defensive side of the ball is going to be a big help for the Jazz. Yeah, and you're talking about the Lakers. Uh, obviously, uh, you could argue that the Lake, like there's no other team who's even close to the Lakers starting five just because of Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Uh, but the Jazz bench is looking a lot better this year. Um, at least from what I've seen, they, they do have some young players that are question marks. Uh, but the Lakers, they're they're not going to be the deepest team. They did get some some new big name signings, but they also lost some big names. So uh, when Anthony Davis or Le- and LeBron James aren't both on the court together, uh, the Jazz have some players that can mix in there, and you can have lots of shooting that is going to be tough for a team to defend out there well you can still keep Derek favors out there because he's not going to be playing all the minutes with gobert out so you're always going to have a center focus out there with some shooting surrounding it so i think it's it's a nice boost to the secondary to have some options other than jordan clarkson out there to score yeah i think one thing i was hearing and i don't know if the jazz would ever make this decision from from an optics perspective but it might be really hard to have Conley starting just with how the rotation might work. So you could very well see Conley coming off the bench um, to start the game. And then uh, he'll still be finishing out the second quarter and finishing out the second half with the starting lineup and be there. But just to get everyone their minutes, um, 
the Jazz went from having to stretch players and having to bring some bench players onto the floor that maybe they really didn't want to, to now having maybe a bit too many minutes by like 12 to 15, which isn't isn't terrible, but it's still like you need to somehow trim 12, 12 to 15 minutes off of the players and you're not going to take those from Mitchell or from Gobert or from Conley. So like, does that lead to favors being a great backup center, but maybe being a bit overpaid minutes wise, or does that see lead to Nyang who just got an extension seeing a lot less minutes than you'd expect him to with the amount the jazz are paying him. That's true. I haven't thought about that, but I guess every time something good happens, you get a new problem going on, right? It's like, if, if you're a business and all of a sudden you get a huge client, now you have to worry about fulfilling that. And so that's kind of like the same with the Jazz. Now that they have more talent, now they have to figure out how to keep everyone happy. Uh, but I think they they kept mostly people that, obviously they have a couple of rookies. Uh, they signed uh, the greatest player of all time, Jake Toulson. And they... Uh, so th- those are kind of question marks, but for the most part, they have people who are used to their culture and kind of fit in. And I think the Jazz had a a, gate, a great teammate chemistry last year um, before they had some injuries. And so I think keeping those players together and then plugging Derek Favors back into it, I don't think it's going to be a, a tough decision from the players being uh, getting angry or demanding a trade side of things. I think it'll be more they have a lot of talented guys and they want to make the most out of each of their talent. And that's not always an easy decision when you have enough talent to decide and you'd only have 48 minutes to spread around. So, uh, yeah, that that is a question that I haven't thought about before, though, uh, with the new talent coming in. I do think that what you were saying about like the culture that the Jazz have is super important. Like that's a large part of the reason favors came back. He did a piece in the athletic. Um, I can't remember who did it, but they interviewed favors and he came out and he said like, if I'm a starter, that's awesome. If I'm a backup center, like I'm just happy to be in Utah. And I favors really embodies who the jazz are just like Donovan embodies who the jazz are. Um, jazz DNA is a phrase that's thrown around a lot. And I really think that it's something that is more of a culture than a DNA. Since there was a lot of concern I was hearing when Clarkson came to the program that um, it wasn't going to end well just because of the style of ball that he plays. Like, if you told me that the Jazz were going to get a player who literally just takes the ball and plays one on five, I wouldn't have thought it would end well. But because of who Clarkson is as a person and because of like who he is as a teammate and that he's happy when other people succeed and other people on the Jazz are happy when he succeeds, like it works really well just because of the cohesion that they have um, personality-wise you can see on the court. So overall, I really think that the Jazz are going to be able to make it work and that they're going to be able to keep that um, team-like spirit that they have that makes them really special when it comes to it just something you don't see in a lot of the nba i feel like yeah and i think that's going to that might play a bigger role than most people give it credit for because i'm pretty sure donovan mitchell and the rest of the team felt like they should have won that series against denver and it was it was an awesome series it was close but they really let it slip for several of those games 
And so I think Donovan Mitchell, like he he's proven everyone knows how dangerous he is as a player, but now he's trying to go out there and prove that he can take a team deep into the playoffs and win a championship. Um, and so I think he's coming to the season with a chip on his shoulder. And I think most of his teammates kind of have that same feeling where um, Utah's always counted out. Like they put some good teams together. They made the finals a couple times back in the nineties, but no one ever expects them to really be a, an actual finals contender. And so I think a lot of these players are kind of adopting that, that mentality that a lot of Utah jazz fans have, um, have been going through for their whole lives as jazz fans that people always count them out. And I think this team, they know they're talented and they know people are counting them out. So they're just out there with kind of that chip on their shoulder, trying to prove people, people wrong that, uh, they are talented enough to make it that deep. And obviously there's some really talented teams out there. So it's kind of a long shot this season for them to actually make it all the way and win a championship, but, uh, don't count them out yet. Like, they haven't proven that you haven't seen them on the court yet. And they've, they went through some struggles last year with some losing streaks and their defense just looking awful and them blowing a three, one lead that if they, if they approach this with the right attitude, they'll, they've learned a lot more than some other rosters have because of the struggles that they went through last year. And so they're going to come out stronger uh, this season. So I'm excited to see that attitude that Donovan Mitchell brings and like lifts up his team this season. So, uh, as you're saying, that jazz culture may play a bigger role than uh, most people think it would. Especially with COVID. Like, I mean, Vivian came out and they announced um, along with um, the jazz that they'll be allowing, I think, 15,000. Was it 15? I'm pretty sure it was 15,000 fans in the lower bowl in the games, which isn't a lot. Like, Overall, it's going to provide some nice spacing and good social distancing, but like the Jazz having fans, they're one of the best home court advantages in the NBA. Like, go take a look at it. Typically, I mean, they're in their seasons, they've had a lot of success. They're losing like eight to 10 games at home and then going like 60 to 70% on the road, which isn't really that great, but the success they've been able to have at home has just really like changed the outlook of their season. So it's really great that they'll have some fans, but they really need to like be together because they're not going to have, you know, and it's 1500. It's not 15,000 because it sits 20,000. I'm pretty sure, but they're just going to have like, you know, Vivint at a really small capacity. And that's going to be something that isn't as bad as the bubble, but still is rough. Yeah. That's, it makes you wonder like, if the if the playoffs would have turned out turned out differently last year with the crowd, um, but at the same time, like everything, everyone's trying to like you have to relearn how to do a lot of things with COVID, and and that applies to like everywhere, including the workplace. And people need to figure out how to be better, louder fans, even if you can't be in the stadium. So that's something that we all need to figure out how to. Uh, what can we do to support our teams? And make sure that they still have one of the best home court advantages, even if the fans can't be in the building. So I'm sure like you can't impact it as directly as you, the game as directly as you could have, uh, like if you're actually there. But I'm sure there's ways that you can make sure those players 
stay focused even if you have no clue who they are just tweeting at them and making sure they're they're focused and that you're supporting them and i don't know figure out a way to to support the jazz and carry them into the western conference finals i honestly i mean to kind of go down that road a bit think that if donovan mitchell leaves the jazz in the next decade i don't think it will be searching out a championship i think it will be him feeling a lack of support um on the social justice front from utah like it's something that i saw some of over this summer with black lives matter and things like that and donovan has pushed really hard to like be up front and to be someone who's leading that charge. And he's on the committee that the NBA players association has put together. He went and um, he had a meeting with Kamala Harris and some other prominent young NBA players. And so I really think that like, that's part of what Donovan Mitchell has done to make Utah love him so much is be so supportive of where he's at and to just join the community full heartedly. So when he feels rejected on those stances, um, that really is off-putting for him. And I bet it's off-putting for people like Jordan Clarkson as well, who was doing a bunch of stuff in Los Angeles over the summer to be at the forefront um, when the NBA was shut down. And these players really love certain parts about Utah, but there's always things that we can do to make Utah more welcoming and a more loving place. So I really do think, like you said, we need to show support, not only so the season can go well, but to keep this team together so that when they decide to leave, if that's what happens, it's not because of, you know, fans not being welcoming. Yeah. And that's, that's actually kind of interesting because Utah oftentimes is rated as the nastiest place for like, uh, teams to come and play. Uh, and that, that is kind of the reason why home court advantage is tough in Utah, but at the same time, uh, there's a line, um, I don't, what was it, was it last season or was it a couple seasons ago when there's the whole situation with Westbrook and the fan at Salt Lake, but. I think it was two seasons ago where you had the fan get banned for life and then they went back and found um, video from the Oklahoma City Thunder series in 2017 and they ended up banning a fan as oh it wouldn't have been 2017 it would have been 2018 and they ended up banning another fan and i mean there's another situation and this was a couple decades ago where there was a muslim player in the nba and after a utah game he made some comments about some really like nasty things that the fans yell at him re- regarding his religion and attacking him from on those aspects so like there's a place and there's being loud and there's I've never been in the lower bowl that close. So talking that kind of trash just like goes over my head, but sounds like some players enjoy that, but there's obviously lines that you should not cross if you're down there. Yeah. Be, be loud, be proud, support your team. But, um, I can tell you like, I I bet 99 times out of a hundred being supportive of your team is going to give your team a bigger boost than trying to, um, be nasty against the opposing team uh because sometimes i don't like if i were out there playing and someone's just like uh just mouthing off to one of my one of the players on the opposing team i wouldn't feel as comfortable in that space either i like you have to understand that there's like mutual respect between these nba players especially like someone as um like a former mvp like russell westbrook i'm sure there's a lot of players who look up to him and they know how competitive he is, 
but at the same time they they're trying to learn from him and then someone talking like that to Westbrook is is not going to help the situation for your team so really like I, I guess the message here is we're trying to support the Jazz and make sure that they have the best chances of winning a championship in the next couple of years by supporting them and so I think the best way that we can do that is getting as creative as we can and supporting them rather than talking trash about other teams because if it weren't for the other teams we wouldn't have the have the NBA and the NBA is one of the greatest things out there so and who knows maybe maybe if we're welcoming enough we might get a big name free agency to come and increase our chances so that that's probably something that a lot of players take into consideration that we don't see because it's all behind closed doors no i mean it's like when you hear about things i mean lebron went to the lakers because he wanted to be in los angeles for his career and for other opportunities that he had like we need to remember that when players like players have families and they have lives outside of the game and that they're not um it's not like you're playing a game of 2k where you just turn on have access to all the ones and zeros on the screen and then you get to turn it off like they're living 24 seven, just like us. And I've had people come into my work and say things to me that I'm definitely not a fan of and doing that and yelling at an NBA player when they're on the court is the same thing. Like it's their workplace. It's their, not their nine to five, but it's their seven to 10 and something that we need to respect about them as a whole. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the jazz roster, like I I think that's something that defines that culture and that helped them get some of the talent that they did uh, not this offseason, but last offseason when they got Bogdanovich back. Or not back, but got him to come to Utah. And so we're in for an interesting season. We don't know exactly how it's going to turn out. Hopefully it doesn't turn into another bubble situation. But um, at the end of the day, the Jazz have a really good roster, and this is one of the best rosters that they've that they've ever built. Actually, if you look back at their history, like um, this this roster has an awesome balance of some amazing offensive players and some incredible defensive players, and showing that balance is it's not easy for other NBA teams to manage that as long as the Jazz bring their A game every night. So, um, let's let's get creative. Let's do what we can to support the jazz and make sure that they can stay focused and we can kind of take care of the rest. Right. So they can stay focused on basketball. Definitely. So trainings, I believe training camp is starting here in about a week. So super pumped for that. Hopefully we have a bit more to cover next weekend. Please like, and subscribe on YouTube. Um, even if you listen on just on the podcast, like a like, and subscribe on YouTube really helps just boost us over there and helps us be able to do a better job of getting our content out there. So thanks again. This has been another episode of Called Bank. Have a great week.